You're listening to Consolidate That. Ukraine is my motherland. It is now under a savage attack by Russia. Ukraine is shielding Europe and the rest of the civilized world from Putin's barbaric aggression. Ukrainians are brave and effectively fighting back. Let's help. Make a donation to Armed Forces of Ukraine. Link is in the show notes. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. Welcome back to Consolidate That. Ivan, excited to, to meet with you again and, and do a fun episode with another one of our fantastic internal team members here at Galaxy Vets. Why don't you, why don't you introduce Steve to everyone and see where we can go from there? Well, let me just uh, uh, let me just shoot in the bio there. So I'm very excited to uh, to introduce Steve Kempf, and Steve is a strategic vice president with a documented history of meeting and exceeding business plan while maintaining focus on customer service and brand value. An expert on organizational structures with a keen understanding of how successfully manage these structures to achieve business objectives. An innovative thinker with a record of creative continues to revenue streams and profitability. A proven leader and mentor of human assets. At Galaxy Vets, Steve holds the position of Vice President of Field Operations. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Happy to be part of the group. So you have an interesting uh, uh, way you got into veterinary medicine because you were not in vet all the time, but this, you know, you've been more than a decade. Can you just tell us how did you end up in our industry and where did it start with sort of multi-unit experience? Absolutely. Um, out of school, I started with uh, Hertz Corporation. Mm-hmm. Was there for uh, almost 25 years, and to jump through 25 years quickly, I got to spend the last decade or so with my mentor, uh, who is an amazing woman and an amazing business professional. Uh, she was uh, just a little bit better. She was the first female operations vice president in the history of the company, so really broke through a glass ceiling. But uh, she taught me and a group of us that were together quite a bit. And in 2009, you know, she left Hertz and she went into the veterinary industry. So What's her name for a shout out? Oh, Teresa Fox. Uh, oh Teresa my God. Is, yes, That's Teresa so cool. Fox uh, is, will always be my mentor. She's the one I pick up the phone to and, and uh, chat quite a bit. So um, she left uh, Hertz to go to Banfield in 2009. And uh, she kept calling me and pinging me and you got to come over, you got to come over. But as with a lot of people, it's it's a lot of it's you know the right thing at the right place at the right time. Uh, I just didn't feel like I was ready. I think part of that is is you know, when you've been with one organization for over twenty years, sometimes it's the classic you can't see the forest through the trees. Um, I like to joke and say she caught me in a weak moment in two thousand eleven, and I said yes. So that's uh, I went over to join Teresa at Banfield, and that's where I got started in the veterinary industry. That's how I talk about my marriage. She got me in the weak moment. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I think you caught her in a weak moment. I mean, yeah, anyone that met, that's met your wife probably realized she, uh, <laughs> you shot up. For sure. So Steve, I wanted to ask you this question uh, that I, I, I was discussing for a long time with, uh, with Bill uh, from Pathway and then with Ryan as well. And as we were developing consolidated operating framework, the the regional manager and then sort of the the top of that is your role the the uh vice president of operations who manages regional managers is a very interesting profession you can't really 
uh, go to school like a technician and become a technician or a veterinarian, even a receptionist. You can be successful receptionist. There's courses for that. But to become a regional manager, it's always a weird combination of who's invited into that. Sometimes it's a manager of the hospital or network of hospitals that was doing this before. Sometimes it's a veterinarian. Uh, sometimes people invite MBAs to run the region. So what does it take for a successful regional manager and then with a career path into vice president of operations to actually be able to understand the the business part, so the P&L, the, you know, the sustainability of the hospital, then also understanding the, the medical part to it as well, because they have to be connected. And then also the people part, like who are the candidates that you think are best fit for this profession? And, and is there a place for actually education like that? I, I was always wondering, should there be a regional manager education? Because we have this consolidation taking over the industry, and uh, it seems to be always a, a not sort of clear path to get there. 100% agree. Um, throughout my whole career, I can't think, and I've been through a lot of uh, classes, certifications, et cetera, but never once was one of them saying, this is how you become a regional manager or a multi-unit operator. Uh, having said that, you know, what, one of the, probably the biggest piece of my career that I've looked at, and if I look at myself or others, is, uh, is you look at it as a leadership first, and then really defining what is leadership uh, I know that you know, people throw around definitions quite often. To me, leadership or effective leadership is how you shape or motivate a behavior. You, know, you can really boil it down to a simple thing. So as, as a multi-unit operator or a regional manager, so to speak, yeah, to me, that is a critical piece. And the next critical piece is as you are working uh, with a hospital leader, as an example, to change a behavior or to understand or, or uh, accelerated behavior, how does the behavior tie to the performance? So that's the part where the training for me comes in when I'm training or developing or, or looking for a skill is, uh, uh, is tying, basically you're tying leadership and business acumen, which are two completely different competencies and how do you tie those together? So again, it's uh, how to, to shape and motivate behavior and how do those behaviors influence results? So with that, Steve, how do you take that background and sort of that thought process and actually affect change in the hospital? Well, it's uh, affecting change. It's, it has to be a combination of top-down and bottom-up. The top-down is vision or the goals. The bottom-up is the execution. Uh, so there has to be clarity around both of them. You know, we talk at the Galaxy quite a bit about what are we solving for and definition of done, right? You could almost say that is the top-down, bottom-up approach on how do we, you know, how do we affect change management? But uh, you know, the actual execution of it again is through people. Uh, you know, it's a there's a lot of ways of phrasing. You know, I could say change is uh, the result of having a thousand different actions, whether those be a thousand conversations with an employee, or or a thousand conversations with peers on how do we set a process up. Um, so it, it, you have to be diligent, you have to be patient, but again, at the same time, you know, there has to be clarity of purpose and there has to be you know, a definition of donor or what is it exactly we're trying to change and when do we know we're there. But, uh, it'll always go through people. It's always a people first. Uh, it can't be just either top, totally top down or totally bottom up. You always look at it kind of as, as the pendulum theory. The pendulum never stops on one end or the other. The pendulum always stops in the middle. 
that's where the top down and bottom are. Is there a particular instance of, you know, you've, you've done this sort of thing with, with a couple big groups and even with Hertz outside of the industry, is there a, mm-hmm. a particular situation that you feel like you guys knocked it out of the park and, um, really affected change in a, in a way that you want to replicate through galaxy vets? Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, go back to the Banfield. A lot of people look at Banfield through a different lens. I think it's an ama- absolutely an amazing organization. Uh, I think that they do have a clarity of purpose. Also, one of their great strengths is, you know, some people would say it's also a negative. But to me, when you have a thousand plus locations that are all, all marching in the same direction, it's easier to put in a scalable process. So uh, mm. um, if the key is how do you leverage that and how do you put in a change management process that will do it. And I think uh, uh, you know, around, as an example, their membership services platform, I think they knocked it out of the park with it. Uh, it it's, uh, it's, they understand where they are in the industry and they built something around it that satisfies them. Mm. I thought it was an amazing product. You said the magic word, the process. That's something that, that I'm trying to continuously implement because we're looking beyond where we're at today and, and scaling significantly without having set processes. You just, you just can't do it. Um, the, uh, the interesting thing that you mentioned also, a huge part of change management is having the, the purpose, having the why behind what people are doing. And, and I find, you know, we, I think that we kind of tapped into this interesting combination of the extrinsic and uh, intrinsic motivation. And that's specifically by design what we were thinking at Galaxy, because our extrinsic motivation uh, is usually based on something that is, you know, something like money or something that you can, you know, touch, feel and buy. And and I think that uh, equity ownership uh, for all employees in our organization is something that you know that you're doing things for the for the for yourself. If you do things right today in this hospital, in this department, in this region, then you know that long-term value of the shares that you own are there. But then intrinsic motivation is something beyond yourself. And I always feel that the extrinsic motivation is something that beyond your ego. And and what our purpose is at Galaxy, as you know, is is the uh, to decrease the burnout in the new domain. And that's something I'm passionate about. And we surrounded ourselves with the people that, that are passionate about that as well. So I think, you know, maybe I'm just advertising us, but, but, but I think that we have those too. But in your experience, when you worked in other industries or other consolidators, how easy it is to explain to someone down to the unit, let's say to the clinic, the purpose of the organization. Have you seen the purposes of the other organizations that resonate with the actual employee? So it's easy to drive the change. Yes, I've seen uh, both sides of that. And um, you know, just kind of back about good and bad that you've seen. Oh, absolutely. You know, I always tell people, yeah, I like, like talking analogies. I use them all the time. I say every pair of pants has two pockets, right? And I say, I, you know, I walk around every day and you see, I see things or, you know, I interact with people. Uh, you know, you learn all the time. That's, and some of the things you learn, you go, hey, I like that. And you put it in one pocket. And then there's other things you see and I go, ooh, I don't know if I like that. You put it in the other pocket. But you carry, you know, the pants go with you everywhere you go. So you have you carry with you all these things that you learn uh, uh, with you. So you, you learn you carry the things that say I like. You carry the things that you say I don't like, but you learn from all of them. And uh, so uh, you know then the magic or the secret sauce is is when you pull it out of your pocket, how do you use it? You know, and that's again you can kind of tie that back again to the change management and trying to influence behaviors. 
you and I had a great conversation with the practice owner the other day. Um, right. And I think you asked a question that I've actually taken with me, but um, it comes back to what we were saying at the beginning, but you asked him, well, why galaxy vets? And we, you know, we, we spend my whole time is convincing people here's why galaxy vets, but I think it was cool to have you come in and, and ask the seller, well, why galaxy vets? Why not someone else that you're looking at? Um, and a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, I think are the reasons why people, um, look at us and continue ex exploring more of the things in there. Um, as you look at sort of the scale of the businesses and the practices, I know you've having come from Banfield with thousands and your previous group you were with, with hundreds, I think, um, what, what do you think is the, uh, model for scale that you want to see around operations and how that can affect the the dynamic within the practice. I really like how Galaxy uh, framed up a model because it really laid it out for what, you know, how to effectively use assets or you know, when it was set up, it starts at a board level objective and cascades down. It really slots in nicely where a multi-unit operator or a regional would slot in and where somebody like me would slot in. Uh, you know, it, it's all about, again, it, it's, uh, my job would be to take what the board comes up with, prioritize how, how to deploy assets to make sure that we're accomplishing those. Uh, it, it's a, the one thing you learn in our kind of model will be because it's not going to be, um, like a Banfield, you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, a group of locations we'll be acquiring versus building one that looks like the other. Really taking them through the exercises. Why I like the, you know, the weighted shortest job first, uh, and what Shannon is working on in our stabilization. And uh, my job is you know, it's almost like a puppet master. It, it's when looking at it, how do I have a group of locations, say ten to fifteen locations, and I have a regional manager that's, that's overseeing them? What are the priorities for that region manager? Where do they deploy their time, which is their greatest asset, with each location to drive a result? And the result could be varied. It could be how do I increase top line, or it could be how do I how do I uh, recruit for a doctor, or it could be how do I retain what I have. It could be a lot of things. But you know, part of my job will be to work with the regional to uncover what the what the opportunities are or priorities, uh, and then you know, it's like you know, we talk about some of the value creation plans, but there are other, you know, those are the big books on the shelf, but there's going to be a lot of other little books beside the big books uh, that are going to be more tactical in nature. So uh, it's, uh, again, it's, you look at it as a group, but uh, more importantly, you look at it as, as an individual location down to individuals within the location. Uh, assessing has to be critical. You know, if you're assessing for the wrong thing, you're going to pull the wrong book off the shelf. So that's part of my job is to, um, again, keep all of the, uh, the priorities in line and keep the people moving and acting on the priorities. So Steve, one of the things that, that I've seen a lot of consolidators struggle, struggle with is how do you connect the business to medicine? So doctors are, you know, they went to vet school to treat patients, not necessarily make money. They do want to make money along the way, but they don't want one influence the other. Is there a successful combination and how do you relate to veterinarians, the goals of the organization as a business? Is there sort of, you know, silver bullet? How do you connect the understanding of the doctor, the business goals of the organization? So they will benefit from it themselves, not 
and not only individually but as an organization is there something in your practice that you that you've seen that works best to actually influence doctors and get them on the same page instead of having this sort of quarterly meeting that they hate talking about numbers <laughs> you know i i have had a lot of luck in my career in the veterinary industry by asking questions you know like a, i know Ivan, you're a doctor. If I walked in and you're practicing, I would ask you, how are you doing? I would ask you, what's important to you? What do you like? Uh, if I ask open-ended questions, you're going to tell me what motivates you. You're going to tell me what your why is. If your why is around, you know, how do I take care of every pet every time? That's I will tell you and show you from a business perspective how I can support you. Uh, you know, If your job is to... Uh, you know, hit a large production number and generate a large compensation, which is also very important. We all know that, uh, doctors coming out of school right now, it, it is an incredible amount of debt. Then I can help you. You know, how can I help you get to, to solve your problem or keep you happy? So to me, the secret sauce is there's not a one size fits all. Again, it's, it's that, uh, you know, a process by a thousand questions, so to speak. Just go talk to the doctor. If you ask them the right questions, they'll tell you what's important to them. Then you take your knowledge and you mold it into satisfying what they want or need. Interesting, and 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 I've seen um, a practice on the in the regional management where some groups uh, had the intention to put the MBAs in charge of the regions in combination with vets. So they had both competencies, sort of operational and medical. And they joined both in that role. Are you in favor of that system? I know that we're going a little different about it. We're more focusing on operations, thinking that doctors know how to treat patients. But the is there is there a way that you've seen that works better than the other? Having the two competencies or the combination of two people, or having the competency that has one knowledge or the other more at the level of the region? Well, I don't. I yeah, I don't know if there's where I would just definitively say there's one piece or one side that works all the time better than the other. The answer is, is uh, I would tie it back again to you know, what I look for in a, in a leader or a multi-unit leader. There is an incredible amount of uh, value add if, if, if you have a clinician that can come in and talk to another clinician or a group because they, they bring, you know, it's a looking through a different lens. How, if I have the business acumen that I can tie to you know, the medicine, it's a very powerful combination. Whereas, uh, you know, somebody like myself, I could come in and talk to you, Ivan, about uh, medical compliance, but I can't tell you how to diagnose, treat, or prescribe. Uh, so, to me, if it's a, if, if you're a doctor, it, it would bring a lot of a, an incredible amount of credibility to the position, as long as that doctor is also has the business acumen to, to again tie the pieces together what talked about earlier what it sounds to me what you're describing is that you will get a better buy-in from the clinical staff uh, from the vets and technicians if you actually know because you've been working on the floor and then at the same time you have that angle to to the business is that is that your take on it this can, absolutely it can be it's a you know, it's it doesn't always work because it's always in you know it's based on the individual but when it does work, it, it works fantastically. Absolutely. Um, I think it's a question of, the, you know, like if we're looking at our model, it's having quality conversations with doctors, whether they're doctors that, that's in our network currently 
or even you know, if you're looking at uh, bringing in doctors from outside of our network into into operations, you know, what part of the operation? Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily just have to be you know, multi-unit. There's going to be a lot of pieces as we grow that's operations related, uh, but not it doesn't have to be in this one swim lane. If that makes sense. So my, what I'm trying to say is, don't try to take a square peg and, and force it into a round hole. You know, ask the questions, what are their strengths? What are they passionate about? And from the business side, how would they apply their knowledge to help us uh, grow as a company? So Steve, that's, that's always super helpful. And I think you obviously have a mountain of information and I kind of want uh, uh, you know, a Steve Kemp book just to read uh, your brain. But until you write your book that we can all read, what's the uh, what's a good book that people should read that to sort of gain some of the kind of knowledge that you have, and and what should you recommend to everyone? I thought Start with Why by Simon Sinek was one of the more powerful books I've ever read, and I have seen him deliver a keynote address. And not only is he amazing, you've seen him live. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's yep. cool. Yeah, he is. Uh, you can write an amazing book, but if it, it's also it's very powerful if you can deliver the message uh, in the same and it moves you the same way so i thought uh, he's i heard that. a speaker once like that i i love simon Sinek, and, and we've talked about him a lot in in the leadership conversations but i remember I, like one of the people that i love uh, in marketing seth godin i i randomly ran into him and he was delivering this talk in this startup community in, in ontario and it was a dinner sort of event and then he was the speaker and I've never seen this. There was a room with arguably about a thousand more people and they were all at the dinner tables and nobody wanted to pour the water, how quiet it was and just powerful. It was just breathtaking to see the person take the audience in that way. So yeah, that's really cool. I would love to hear Simon Sinek. Oh, it's, it's phenomenal. And also he, you can see that uh, speaking in analogies, again, I always think humility is one of the strongest traits of an effective leader. And there were times when Simon would speak and you just feel your throat start to knot up because you can just feel the passion come out of him. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a, a great experience. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that recommendation, Steve. Thank you yeah. so much for finding the time to join us today. And uh, we're excited to uh, see more of you and working with our clinics. And then if the, any of the clinics that are working with Steve are listening then, um, or expecting to join us, then Steve is, is, is our man to go and visit you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Thank you so much for listening to Consolidate That. If you want to hear our new episodes, please find us on any podcast platform. Also, you can learn more about us on our website at galaxyvets.com.